0: It was January 1888, and one of the most tragic blizzards struck the Great Plains, leaving hundreds frozen to death. Come with us now as we tell the story of the children's blizzard of 1888. Hello, and welcome back to Midwest Ghost Town. I'm Dan Klein and I'm your host, your history fan, and your ghost town in abandoned history Enthusiast, we tell the story of ghost towns and abandoned places, and most importantly, the story of those who lived there. And we start off today getting right into the area that affected everyone: weather. Now, the story first struck me while walking the ghost town area of Laporte, Nebraska, found in Wayne County in northeast Nebraska, and all that is left of that town is the pioneer cemetery. In that cemetery were three names of individuals who died in three separate blizzards of the time. Oscar Harmon, 1870, Charles Durin, 1871, and William Hunter, who died in 1871. And this got me thinking of the different weather events striking the Midwest and former ghost towns. Of course, We can always get into weather patterns that produce tornadoes, heat waves, thunderstorms, flooding. But when we talk about the Midwest, it's often the freezing cold that gets our attention, especially the kind of freezing cold that dips below freezing into the negative degree marks, subarctic temperatures. And this brings us right up to the story of blizzards, the snow storm hurricanes that produce blinding whiteout conditions treacherous winds raging up to 50 to 70 miles per hour, and deep freezing events to go along with it. It's a killer on the Great Plains. In fact, it's even been said in the time period of 1860 through the 1890s that it was the Little Ice Age. Laura Ingalls Wilder goes on to talk about a blizzard in her Little House on the Prairie series known as the Long Cold Winter. That winter storm of 1886 through 1887, that type of thing, that kind of storm that came out of nowhere in early October and caught everyone off guard, leaving crops in the field, cattle stranded, unsheltered, unprotected, unfed in the backcountry. It was such a catastrophe that the snow buried most of the buffalo grass and the cattle either starved to death or froze to death, or quite a matter of fact, both. Dead cattle clogged up rivers, spoiled drinking water, and a lot of ranchers went bankrupt in the ruins of that winter. But it's the story of the children's blizzard of 1888 that most tragically grabs our hearts. A storm named because so many children died trying to go home from school on that day of the storm, which was one of the deadliest winter storms in the upper Midwest. Here's the story. January 12th, 1888. It was a beautiful, warm morning across the Midwest, which was a welcoming sight, considering that the days before had produced some of the worst ice storms in years, covering the ground and coating the trees with a thin sheet of ice. Farmers needed to watch their step as they slid across the icy ground to finish chores and feed the farm animals. But not on this day. The sun came out, The temperatures rose, and the snow and the ice began to melt. It was beautiful, and it was surely giving signs to a possible early spring. It was so unseasonably warm that the children walked to school that morning without their coats or their gloves. There was playful laughter in the air as they walked, some forming snowballs, giving a fun pelting to their classmates, which naturally led to an all-out snowball fight. The chirping of birds could be heard overhead through the trees and a distant ringing of a school bell could be heard. school was in session, so they would have to return to this snow fight later. It was hard for the children to focus on their schoolwork that day as the weather excited them so much from the warmth of spring and the warmer weather to follow. But as soon as it came, it quickly disappeared. As a front was moving into the area and bringing behind it an Arctic blast with rain, sleet, and snow to follow. There wasn't any preparation or warning to what was to come, and the signal service failed to sound the alarm of the storm. Soon, 60 mile per hour wind came across the prairie and dropped in plummeted temperatures to nearly 40 below zero. Their early spring dream was over. Many teachers began to let school out early, recognizing quickly that this wasn't a laughing matter, and the dangerous blizzard was upon them. Their only hope now to get the school children to their homes before the storm grew worst and before the sun set. But for many, it was too late. Pierce County, Nebraska, a teacher with three students became lost in the storm after walking 200 yards trying to find their way to the teacher's boarding place for shelter. They found a haystack and huddled inside seeking warmth. All three children died and the teacher had to have both feet amputated. In Bonhomme County, in the Dakota Territory. A teacher and her nine students all died and were not found until the snow melted in the spring. Seward County, Nebraska. Etta Shatuck, a 19-year-old school teacher, got lost on her way home and sought shelter in a haystack. She remained trapped there until her rescue. Unfortunately, she died only a few days later in February 6th around 9 a.m. due to complications from surgery to remove her frostbitten feet and legs. Plainview, Nebraska, Lois Royce found herself trapped with three of her children in the schoolhouse. By 3 p.m. they had run out of heat. Her boarding house was only 82 yards away, so she attempted to leave the children there. However, visibility was so poor, they became lost and the children, two nine-year-old boys and a six-year-old girl froze to death. Then, of course, there were heroic stories of those who who survived the storm. Ziona, South Dakota, the children at the local school were were rescued. Two men tied a rope to the closest house headed for the school. There, they tied out the other end of the rope, and they led the children to safety. Probably one of the most famous and popular stories of the 1888 children's blizzard was a story in Mira Valley, Nebraska, where many freemen, safely led 13 children from her schoolhouse to her home which was one and a half miles away she used a rope to keep the children together during the blinding storm that very year the song of the great blizzard 13 were saved or nebraska's fearless maid was written and recorded in her honor by william vincent there were numerous other stories of teachers keeping the children in the school burning every last piece of wood to keep the schoolhouse warm before burning books and furniture to keep the fire going. When the storm was over, it was estimated that between 250 and 500 people died in the wake of the great blizzard, over half being school children and giving the blizzard its tragic name. Some final closing thoughts on ghost towns, especially as we research and hear the story of of this one, which was the children's blizzard of 1888. Maybe the question comes up, what does this have to do with ghost towns? And, And One of the wild reaching things while researching ghost towns is that you'll run into stories like this one, like the children's blizzard of 1888, and even though the story itself is not about ghost towns, it ties itself together in history. And it's even likely that it, it occurred to those who lived in or near present day ghost towns. These stories are, are interlinked. Like the story of LaPorte, Nebraska. Going through that cemetery, exploring it, finding out the stories of those who are buried, and finding, especially in this case, three that were buried in that cemetery, we know their tragic story. It's written in their obituary and their story is told, but ultimately it's about the other events in history that bring it all together. I was curious, of course, on the effect of blizzards across the plane. And of course this story and numerous other stories, you know, came about. This obviously wasn't the only blizzard. And I had mentioned another one that Laura Ingalls Wilder had mentioned in hers, two separate accounts, right? The long cold winter, of course, was a, a good year before this one and of course there's other far-reaching ones that happen in the early parts of the 1870s and we hear of other accounts and other stories that happen much later and in different parts of the country we hear of blizzards and storms hitting the east coast we hear about them hitting the great lakes area and so we know that history of course especially in these events marches on we asked the question What was happening in this time period, in this place? And who were the characters? What was the setting? And historically, what was happening at this time? What was going on? The questions on blizzards and how they affected life on the plains and the long winters and the hardships endured are all part of the overall story. I'm glad you stopped by, gave you a listen. Feel Feel free to drop a comment. Love to hear from you. And let's keep the discussion on history alive. This is Midwest Ghost Town.